What's up, guys? Welcome to the Athlete Conversation. Today, I have my two very good friends, Kike Boleo and Nico GM. So, Kike, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you play? Yeah, so um, I was born in Caracas, Venezuela. Um, lived there for 10 years, and they were some pretty formative years for me, honestly. Um, growing up there, like just the South American culture, soccer culture. Um, it's pretty big there, even though we, maybe we don't perform <laughs> like you guys, like the Argentinians in the room. Um, but it's still pretty big, and, and like I said, it was it was pretty form, uh, formative, some formative years. It was influential mm-hmm. on my development. Uh, moved to Miami uh, 10 years later, and bounced around some teams here. Um, probably the most important teams I played for were back then West Pines United, which is... I guess now run in in Miramar, Miramar United. Um, the, West, the West Pines days, I will say, were yeah. some good ass teams. I also played for West Pines uh, actually for two years. Yeah, and you know Richard, you Correct. know Richard. Yeah, that yeah. was that was, was my, my coach. high school coach. Shout out to Richard, but we came I had him for one year, actually, like a few months. But yeah, how Legend. old were you? I was uh, 11, 11, 12. 11, 12. But yeah, we, well, the West Pines uh, teams in that era were amazing. Some big talent down there, yeah. or yeah. up there. I bet. And you were a couple of years. How old? How old are you now? I'm 26. You're 26. Um, Dingo 22. 22. So yeah, well, about 23. But yeah, probably four four years older. I think we actually overlapped a couple years uh, uh, in West Pines. But oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and then Kendall Academy. Kendall Academy um, okay. is essentially where I last played before going to college. Where did you go to college? Played college at UCLA all four years. It's a big school. Um, big soccer school. Big there. school. Great teams. Great talent. Um, I must say. Don't regret any of that. Uh, had a great experience. Um, even though we probably didn't perform the way we should have, uh, we might get into that later. Yeah. Um, and then now, now I'm in law school, uh, Duke Duke Law, uh, in my first year, and um, just living life. Yeah. <laughs> and here back in Miami for the podcast. Back in Miami yeah. for the, just for the podcast. Just for the podcast. Um, Keep flowing, and now in the private. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm visiting family here in Miami, but. Um, Back, uh, we always make time for Conrado's podcast, <laughs> the athlete network or athlete conversation. Shout out! <laughs> and we'll get into we'll get deeper into how UCLA was. I actually have a lot yeah. of questions about that. But now, Nico, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, to begin, I just had a huge little trip down memory lane listening to Kike's story. I remember the West Pines days. Uh, you actually went to West Pines before I, I did. I think. Right? I think I went after you, or maybe after. Um, I don't know. I went when I was like fourteen. But yeah, you would have been what ten? So. Yeah, it was a good time. When you went to Kendall, did you go to Western, like kind of like at the same time, or how did that happen? You know what I mean? No, I, I went to West uh, to Kendall my junior year of high school. Okay, yeah. um, and we were freshmen, no? We or were, f- yeah. When he was senior, we, we were, were freshmen. We were freshmen. Yeah. Okay, All so right. you guys linked up there, and then we never actually shared the field, right? But I just remember like being a freshman, you being a senior, seeing you play because you played with my older brother Tommy. And yeah, right. Kike, Kike was a beast. Yeah, you know, ten, very good on the ball, balled out. I mean, got yeah. recruited to UCLA for a reason. Yeah. Um, all right, so for my journey, um, I was born in Miami, maybe uh, Argentina, Damian. Yes, shout out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> born, in, born in Miami, uh, grew up playing. Well, at first in Key Biscayne, I would always play up uh, till about U ten, U eleven. Uh, then I went to West Pines. And that was kind of um, a new era where you would drive an hour, an hour and a half to go train. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was the only way to to stay competitive because 
uh, in that period, the, I forgot like what the name, the difference in leagues were, but it was like travel team versus Broward or yeah, right. some Broward. Broward was, was like the big one. Yeah. So the only age. options really were either West Pines or Weston, and I went to West Pines. We had a good group. Uh, shout out George Acosta, uh, the boys. Um, after West Pines, I went to uh, Aventura, which was ba- basically because of this coach Alessandro Spirito, who was like my favorite coach of all time. Absolutely, shout brilliant, out to him too. Uh, absolute brilliant coach from Italy. Played mm-hmm. pro in Napoli. Uh, it was more so uh, a formation group uh, that we had. We had great team and got a lot better that year. Um, from there, I made the switch to Weston, and that's when. Um, I was probably playing at the highest level within Florida, which was the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, played there for two years, had a very good two years, luckily. Started playing with the national team. And then my sophomore year, I moved to Madrid, Spain. Played two years there, my sophomore and junior years of high school for Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. which was uh, honestly a crazy experience. I think we'll get into more of the logistics later, yeah. um, but there's yeah, I have a lot to say uh, on that experience, uh, of course. Um, from there, my junior year in Madrid, I got a call to play college ball, which I honestly wasn't even thinking about. Because mm-hmm. um, you you were you wanted to go pro 100 percent no, at that time. I mean, we'll get into we'll, we'll get into the want later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, think yeah. I was ever a diehard passionate. Uh, like wanted to go pro but you don't realize that till you're there right right because when it was there it's, it's just like your natural next step right it's like you're right there the first yeah, team right. is right there the training next to you the natural next step is yep. to make the yep. progress to sign a pro contract get loaned out yeah but you also you're making a big sacrifice too when you're taking the chance of going right to Spain, yeah, you know yeah. What i mean so you kind of like that's we'll, we'll get into it because i have yeah. a couple things to say yeah so then as soon as um i think there's some period in september of your junior year i don't know if it's changed but at that point I think it's like September 1st, colleges yeah. are able to reach out to you. Because um, before you can reach out to them and then up to a certain yeah. point, or you can reach out to them, but they can't reach out to you. And yeah. then there's a point that you can, that they can reach out, out to you. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So I think it was like September 1st of my junior year and I started getting some calls um, from some pretty big schools. And there I was like, oh, th- like there, there is another option. Th- there's college um, and there's some pretty interesting colleges that, that are calling. Mm-hmm. So from there, I got in touch with Harvard, and for me, like Harvard wanting me was, it was like kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, so I remember I was actually in English class I- in school, and I got a text. I was like, hey, it's Harvard, can you call? I gotta right go to the bathroom, yeah. call, hey, we'd like to offer you a spot. I was like, okay. I, I mean, right there, <laughs> I, I kind of already knew I wanted to go, um, but I was also looking at some other schools out west but I won't name which one it was. No, no free clout. <laughs> There's a very funny story about this, actually. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. I, 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 long story short, I ended up talking to my big brother, Tommy, who was in Boston College, and he was very familiar with the city of Boston. I had visited a few times. He was like, dude, like, come on. Like, you got to go. Yeah, you have to. Um, so, yeah, I, I committed. I Luckily, I always had good grades. I had to get a, a certain minimum of SAT um I had to like fully apply normally, and and I was able to to get those uh, grades, those scores, and then when it came to renew my contract at the end of my junior year, um, I had to make the the decision because if I would have stayed, I would have lost eligibility. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> it was kind of a tough decision, but my instinct w- told me to to go to, to go, go to Harvard, the college route. Yeah. Okay. So then, as soon as I declined, 
I went back to Weston where I barely played because I got injured. Um, but yeah, you already committed though. No, yeah, I was yeah. already committed. I, I I was injured. I barely played that year. I was kind of just decompressing after two long yeah. years of of every day. Like your brain it's is into the game. Like the politics, the pressure. The scouts, the I must say, I, I hate that about the U.S. soccer system. Yeah, where it's like, it's all about getting recruited. It's not about winning. Like no, it's just uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, despise yeah. that about 100%. This system. But it, I feel like if like going to Atletico Madrid, that's such an unheard of story, especially coming yeah. from yeah. the U.S. Right, like a, mm. like a native born from Argentina, but lived his most of his life in the U.S. He th- his youth, your youth years, he did them in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then he did the big jump and he went to Atletico Madrid that's like kind of like unheard of you know? yeah I mean to be honest I didn't even really think about it, it until just happened, until you know? COVID you know yeah, w- yeah. when COVID hit everybody yeah. kind of yeah. everybody yeah. Was, stuck in, was stuck in their rooms alone with their thoughts yeah. and I that's kind of when I realized like I guess it wasn't a very normal route um and, and w- which is good because you can't really get caught up in the moment and start thinking about uh, the situation that you're in because that's just a distraction you For know sure. y- you can't think of yourself as a special especially when sure you might be in a good environment but you haven't really done much yet yeah um so luckily i was never like too caught up in in, in the noise so yeah. did you always did you have something that you were striving forward that made you f- stay focused and and keep that mindset you know because it's easy to get caught, caught up in the moment when you don't really have anything right that you're looking forward <coughs> to do you know what i mean in your case now is becoming a lawyer right Right, but at that age, you always want to go pro, so like you mm. you're just focused on that. When I went, because I also went to Spain, I went a little bit later after high school, and I I did my preseason with Espanola. I ended up playing for Barcelona, which is a mm. equipo segunda B over there. And when I went, dude, I I it was all business for me, right? I was 18, but I felt old, even though looking back, I that's was, crazy. I was a kid, but I was 18 and I felt old. Uh, I feel like it was a massive risk that I took not going to college, because I I had already committed to Fordham, but I chose to go to Spain. And when I went there, it was all business, man. Like mm. I would, I wasn't going. I was barely going to school. I was just taking a couple of classes yeah, yeah. every day. Soccer, 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 and it, it it takes a mental toll, man. You know, it's it's honestly a different sport. It's I, a different I'd sport. even argue, like here you play soccer, there you play football. It's like the the typical quote, but it's a hundred percent true. Like yep. when you're playing in Europe, you're dealing with the agents uh, talking with the coaches. You're dealing with yeah. uh, players that have to put food on the table for their family. So if you if you don't pass them the ball, they'll come get in your face after training. You're dealing with the coach telling you that you're uh, stupid. It's real life, you're, bro. Yeah. You get thrown into real life. Yeah, it's real at, life. At you know, 17, 18, or you were younger, but yeah, yeah it's real life. Like you're, it, it's a job. It's a business. Um, the coach is worried about getting fired. Uh, the parents are getting involved. The agents are getting involved. The sponsorships are getting involved. National teams are getting involved. You name yeah. it. It's a, it's a whole mess. Um, that's why I definitely lived a different uh, college soccer experience because mm-hmm. for me, I kind of viewed my retirement the minute that I went back to the U.S. So I I looked at uh, college soccer as I'm going to enjoy the sport for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Whereas most, peop- most people are like trying to make the jump to the MLS mm-hmm. or make the jump to the USL, you name it, and they're stressed in college. I've had countless examples where teammates are, are stressed yeah. because yeah, they're not playing. Experience. It's like, dude, you, you're not worried about a contract. You're not worried about putting food on the table for your family. You're in a great college. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah, and, and I bet I bet going to school such as like an Ivy League, it also it, it changes uh, the mindset a little bit, right? Um, but but definitely, that's a beauty. That's what I think the beauty is about. Yes, there's always criticisms and positives and negatives in everything, especially in the college system. And soccer is still growing here, 
But I think that's one of the, the, at least that's what I realized when I was in Spain. The beauty about the college, the college system, college athletics, is that I can still play soccer and get a good education towards my future, right? So I remember very clearly, because the time to make a decision comes to all of us, right? And for me, it was at the end of the season, I had to choose, okay, do I keep on playing here in a tercera, you know, over there's primera, segunda, segunda B, tercera. So tercera is like fourth division. In a tercera or or one of those teams that are like lower lower tier and see what I can do, just grinding yeah. my, my, my body out? Or do I go back to a good business school, still play soccer and still be co as committed because in college soccer, you're committing yeah. your time every single day, you play weekends, you know what I mean? It's a big commitment. And then I was, I, that was like kind of bugging my mind. So I went up to my one of my teammates and I'm like, okay, so what's your plan? Right, if if soccer doesn't pan out, that was our last year of Juvenil, no? So we I had to make the jump, but that's it. This was back in Spain. This was back in Spain. I go to one of my teammates and I'm like, okay, so what like what do you what's your vision, right? If it's not soccer, what is it? And and there's nothing wrong with other jobs, right? He's like, okay, if it's not soccer, then I'm gonna go sell waters by the beach. You know what I mean? Or I'm gonna no not a single person. Yeah, that's that's a reality. Had the opportunity, the sport, exactly. That's a real sport. The opportunity <laughs> that we had, which is a bit of a blessing, right? To be able to okay, I don't want to keep on pursuing the pro route. I'm gonna um, I have the chance to, to go back to the states, get an education, and play. I'm gonna take it. That's but, why at least what I thought. I, I want to make a note though, um, and it's gonna resonate with Nico's approach to to mm -hmm. Harvard uh, soccer, and it's it's a word you keep using. It's you can go back to the U.S., study, and play. You're not going pro. You're not going to make a living out of soccer anymore. It's mm. a tough reality. It's you're, tough. You're going to, yeah. like, the opportunity is there to keep playing. Yeah. But it's you do rare. close the door to making a living out of this sport in a way that you can do in Europe. Yeah, but the problem is, what if you're an American, you know? Growing up in the system. I just think, listen, look, it's a very naive thought to think that you're going to go to college and make a living out of soccer afterwards. You leave so you leave college at 20. If you play all four years, you leave at 22. Yeah. If you really think about it, college, the college season is what, 20 games? You yeah, play 16, 20, games, 20 a games. You play 20 games a year. If you do well. It's three and a half If months. you do well, yeah. you're not going to play 20 games because mm. I know, I mean, yeah. we all know how the coaches here work. Right. Um, so say you play six, 16 total games, 16 full games um, in terms of minutes versus if you're playing abroad, you're playing at least 40 games a year. Um, if you do the math after four years, you played, what, 15 times four, that amount of games yeah. versus, versus, <laughs> versus tw 200. A 20-year-old coming okay. from Brazil who just played exactly. 250 yeah. games. And, and, yeah, and yeah, not yeah, to mention that the level, the upside elsewhere is so much higher than here here that's like the college level and that's about it there if you're performing you keep getting better and you yeah. keep getting more talent and you keep getting more experiences and you keep playing at a higher, higher level it's it's impossible you can't catch up later you can't catch up yeah, at no 22 doubt. no one's going to take a risk on a 23 year old that has never played professionally versus someone that's been doing it at 17 18. And yeah, I, I think something super important to add there tough. which which <laughs> obviously messes up the the u.s system and it produces a uh, players of less quality is that when you do play these 16 game seasons it gets cut by the winter and then right. the spring is basically non-existent nothing you, you lift nothing. maybe you play three yeah, or four yeah, scrimmages yeah. yeah but the reality the reality of a soccer season or football whatever you want to call it is that you're a different player 
in week two, week three versus week 37. 100%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In week 37, your passes are sharper. Your yep. shot is sharper. Yep. Mm -hmm. you're, you're more fit. You're, you're in a better state. I mean, you see it. You see it in, in, in professional European soccer. Like that, that first game, uh, the Supercopa de Europa, that game is trash compared to yeah, a game in, in April. So, so, mean, so to, to, to finish, so let's say you, you finish this uh, fi 15 game season. You're at this like mini cusp of improvement. Then you kind of go back down for the winter and you go back down and you start from zero next season. Whereas a player from even like a third division <coughs> Scotland, mm -hmm. the player will be 18, just like you just finished your freshman year in, in college. After 37 games where you're at that mini cusp in November, he's at the same mini cusp. But by the end of the season, he's up here. And then in Takes two weeks, the next preseason starts. So now he's at a new height starting. Yeah, I mean, I 100% I agree with everything you guys just said. But the truth is that I don't I don't see the benefit of, of playing college soccer as as in I'm gonna make it pro, right? I think it's incomparable. You can't compare right. soccer, right? But I don't think that's the thought of no. people coming into right. like you're saying right. that now. I, mean, I, I having think it's necessary. It's it. necessary for when I came back from Spain, I knew that my route wasn't wasn't gonna go pro. So my freshman year of college, I knew exactly I'm, I came here to give it my all. Mm -hmm. I have a spot turn in the team. I was gonna. I mean, I played four years. My senior, I was captain. I took it very seriously because for me, everything that I do personally. No, I no. Uh, by the right. way, everything and you should always everything take it in life. It's not. Absolutely. But I don't see more. In a, in, I don't see it as a, okay. A lot of kids do have it's a dream at the end. Yeah, the it's ambition. a dream that they the want. Ambition. To you should be ambitious. But the truth is, that playing playing college athletics does come with its benefits, dude. Mm. You, it's it's teaching million, you million, accountability, million. No, no, responsibility. No, no. Yeah, You're dealing with within some of the head coaches are intense figures. They can be as, like arguably worse than bosses that you'll have in the future. You know Definitely what I mean? Worse. And a lot of people in college they've never had the opportunity or. Totally, or, or the growth totally. opportunity of dealing with with such a character. The, matru right? the maturity of a student athlete coming out of college is miles, insane, miles ahead of, of a regular student. Especially if you look at what a regular student. If you take a regular student, I, a I'm seeing athlete. that right now. I'm in law school okay. right now. Talk to me about I that, was, dude. I was told oh, this is gonna be the like the worst <laughs> year of your life. Like, forget. It's a walk in the park. <laughs> Listen, it's a we're used to a different. It's a different speed, man. Mm -hmm. Like. When I was playing playing soccer at, uh, at UCLA, I was thinking about like how many hours I was sleeping. Every meal I had was like strategically planned. Screen time, like everything in your life. A road trip for the weekend. I got to do an people, essay. People, people complain about studying on the weekends. Like my biggest performance days were on the weekends. Right. <laughs> I'm like, forget about it. I'm used to this. You actually, you told me once we were coming back from, it's related to a point, we were coming back from, I think we we're playing a pickup game and we're in the heat. And, and we we're talking about now that you're a lawyer mm -hmm. and, and I think Not one a of lawyer, your, yeah. you're about to be, a, <laughs> that you're starting to be a lawyer. And I think one of your previous employers asked you, can you work weekends? Right. And he, and he turned to me, I'm like, and I told him, I've been playing, I've been I working did. weekends since true I was 12. Story. That's a true story. I mean, that's, that's how it is, bro. Yeah, but in my, in my interview, I, I, I told him, I was like, dude, I, I perform on the weekend. That's my biggest <laughs> performance days. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm living in law school now. Um, and what, what, do, what do you see in, in the other students? Dude, they, they're just not used to it. They're not used to committing to something like wholeheartedly the way we've done. Like if mm -hmm. you've gone to college and really committed to the sport, it's it's you you're not gonna find people outside of of like athletes or ex-athletes that have done that it's it's very rare to find someone that, yeah. that's committed to something in their life like that so makes it easy it uh, it's it's honestly it's something to look forward to because you have an upper edge on people 
And if you're competitive, which you probably will be if you're playing college soccer yeah. or college sports, um, you, you, you're going to be successful, man. If you, if you stick to something, you'll, you'll be all right. I agree. Especially uh, in a field like law where you do have to collaborate a lot. Like uh, I know in, in, in interviews, at least in interviews that I've done, uh, in business-related stuff and finance, um, they always ask the same question. They'll ask beha behavioral questions about how you behave within <laughs> right. a team, how you right. lead moments where you failed and you had to lift up a team, and so on. I think in law, it's even more important because if you have to work with three or four other associates and the, mm -hmm. you have to present something by Monday and it's Friday and you mm -hmm. have to work on the weekend, like someone's ha someone has to step up. It's true. And if you don't it's have true. the experience to step up, it affects the way that you do your job. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I think something uh, you, this will probably resonate with you guys. Looking back at my career, the moments I enjoy the most were the moments where I was grinding the most. Mm -hmm. You know, like those six a.m. lifts where you like hate yourself. You create a bond with those people. Like you those do. are the people that I, you know, I I respect the most now. Yeah. So those are your brothers, right? Is those are your dude? You went to war together. You yeah, know, it's I like agree. I know exactly what you were going through. We went through it together. So, uh, and a million stories always. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, that always. guy threw up on this. <laughs> yeah, <lap>. always, always, <laughs> that always. guy was late. Dude, struggling together. That's where that's where you create bonds. So, yeah. um, and then makes and it easier. Makes it all easier. Transferring into your like your personal life, right? In like now the friendships that you look. What do you look into? Let's say someone, people you want to surround yourself with. Because I believe, and I've said it in previous episodes, I think you're always is a very common phrase. You're the average of the five people you you spend the most mm -hmm. time with, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very important to find quality people to surround yourself with. So what do you look for? when you're looking to surround yourself with successful people, right? Because <sighs> success I is relative. I have, I have different group of friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> 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 so I, I have my life, like my my nucleus, we'll call it. Um, it's it's Nico's brother. Well, I actually include both of you guys now. I think you guys have joined joined the joined, joined the group, which uh, I've, I've told you we're, we're a controversial group of people yeah um just because how how serious we could get and how how competitive we are uh when it when it comes time time to work um but i look for people that are ambitious as hell man ambitious like me competitive like myself and um like i said like th th you can get serious when it's time to get serious but then you can also have fun you can also have fun yeah, i think it's important to have a balance um which going back to like the college stuff uh i find it funny some people say that like I can't believe you did college sports. Like, you missed out on so much. Like, dude, thank God I played college sports. <laughs> I, if I if I would have had more time to party, jeez, man, uh, that was good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, dude, it was perfect. Yeah, best of both worlds. Like, I was basically, you know, I had some scholarship. I was essentially getting paid to like stay fit, mm -hmm. go to school, and yeah. still, you still have to do. You're always gonna have time to to let loose right. and have fun, you know. So. This um, I think if you have the chance to play college sports, I, I I think you have to take it. I don't know. I think I, that's it, the type well, of guy 100%. I am. I mean, I think if you ask any other country, you go to you go to South America, you go to Europe. Uh, actually, We're a privileged. Oh uh, yeah, a bunch of the, the my teammates yeah. in Madrid actually ended up finding colleges in the U.S. Um, yeah. Despite not speaking a word of Spanish, they all, they all just knew that they had <laughs> to word do of it. English. Word of English. Huh? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, word yeah, of English. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you ask uh, other continents, other countries, other players of different leagues. And you give them the opportunity for college. I think ninety nine percent of them will will yeah. take it. Yeah, and and that also speaks volumes as to why the U S. is not so good at soccer at, mm -hmm. at a competitive level, and why other countries are. It's because for them, it's it's life or death. Whereas yeah. for us, we know we have kind of a golden parachute, whatever you want to call it. 
which is yeah. is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing yeah, in agree. the sense that uh, the majority of I think it's a blessing. Yeah, you know, it's one hundred percent a blessing yeah. in terms of uh, the, the soccer world, the, the sports world is is brutal. Yeah, it's cruel. Yeah, it's very tough to make it until like. So it's a blessing. I think for most people, it's a blessing. The chances would, that yeah. any of us were gonna like make a living out of playing soccer and not have to work afterwards were zero. <laughs> Of course, but I mean, like you said, I, I see the point that you're making. Everything there's a positive, and for yeah, anything that's right. equally positive, there's something that's equally negative, right? So mm -hmm. there is a trade off, right? But I think I, I also 100% think it's a blessing because the truth is that all these players are they want to come to the US because they they play the sport that they love, but not only that, they they also have the chance to get the scholarship and be able to provide for the future, you know what I mean? Mm. Versus Yes, most of the athletes have done, the ones that don't have anything to lose, they don't have anything to lose. So it's either that or the streets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But only the point zero 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 percent make it. So then all the other ones that also didn't have anything else to lose, they ended up staying on the streets because they didn't make it, right? Instead, with college athletics, with college soccer, in this case, that we're talking about soccer, the ones that don't make it, bro, still have the golden parachute, which is a blessing in, mm -hmm. in, in my view, right? And, but yeah, obviously that's, it does take a toll in the, in the level of, of, of the sport in the U.S. So I see, I see how, can, how that could be possible, it, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, again, it just depends the perspective. It, it, from a soccer yeah. perspective, the reality is that the, the, the age where a player is about to take off is usually around 18. Yeah. Um, so while players in Europe or in South America are about to sign a professional contract, uh, Americans decide on college. So what happens is, for the next four years, a pool of what five hundred thousand, a million—I don't even know—a million people get wasted in a way. Um, whereas other countries have their top talents signing amazing contracts, and and they're they're flourishing. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's the the trade-off between uh, college. Now, if you look at it from a professional perspective, um, and the amount of people that, or the number of people that either get injured or they don't sign their second contract or a coach doesn't like them or you need the, 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 the million reasons why people stop playing soccer. If you look at that number versus the people who actually succeed in other systems, it's what 99% of the people. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely agree with Kike that that college is 100% the best. Yeah, I, I, I agree too. And look at, take me for as an example, no? Let's say I would have my choice would have been to stay in Spain. I'm not gonna go back to Fordham. I'm not gonna play soccer if I would have stayed an extra year. My my eligibility would have been done because I would have been done with Juanito. You know? So let's say I would have stayed. One COVID would have hit, but before COVID hitting, which was rough for everyone in the world, before COVID would have hit, I got injured. But I found out that I was injured when I came back to the states. So already by the time I was 19, I had two hip surgeries. That's, that's crazy. So if I would have betted on, okay, I'm going to stay here and try to make it pro, I would have been hit with two hip surgeries, COVID, and then now I'm getting my meniscus repair in a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's, it's a massive risk. If you want to, if you really, really want to play, that's the risk you have to take. That's you the risk have you have to, to take. It's I the only, to. it's the only, it's the only thing you, you can have do. To. I mean, thing those are, those things that happened to you are, I, I didn't know you were 19 when you had two different <laughs> hip yeah, surgeries. Yeah, bro, those, those are signs. Those are signs yeah. from God to hang them up and, and, and yeah. go and go get something better. I keep going. Like I was saying in the car, man, it's the, the body can't keep up with the mind. Once I <laughs> set my mind to something, I, I go at it. But yeah, now I'm getting I'm getting my, my meniscus repaired on, 
on Tuesday, and it's um, it's a real risk that that going the pro route has with with pretty much everyone. Yeah. And in college, it's a little bit different, right? Because yes, we only play for three months, but then let's say I have it, I'm, I got injured, and now I'm getting surgery, and I have the spring season, which is an important season from the freshman. It's an important part of the season. You get not stronger. Not part of the season. Not in, not in the playing <laughs> wise, but as a player, a lot of the players who don't play in the fall. They gain their trust or coach in the spring. That, that's oh, not right. uncommon. Until season, season comes and they lose season it again. I mean, yeah. depends. <laughs> <laughs> depends yeah. on the so coaches. The politics of the spring. Are yeah, dude, you can, but I think it's also like you can also get lucky with. with oh, you can, you can. It's you an can. opportunity. It's, it's an, an opportunity. opportunity Listen, an opportunity. I played a couple. The, my freshman year when I went in, I I barely played at the beginning, and I mean, my coach liked me because I was a dog on the field. I'm a center back, like as you guys know. And my thing has always been. Abonet, you know, it's yeah, never been, dog, bro. it's never been like <laughs> passing the ball, right? It's just going hard. Like I mean, you like this guy, he gets the ball, he dibuja, right? Like he's yeah. he's like un mago, no? But he also hits. And I, I, like, he I, hits. I wasn't like that in college. Look, you get no, hit. Now you he is. So. I wasn't now like that. So it's funny. Go, go, go ahead. Go. Growing up, I uh, I was always like that. I was I was I could play, but I I would hit, and I would run my ass off, and at some point, like. My junior or senior year, when I realized that like I could really play, I stopped hitting. I, I like soft. wanted to play a little too. I went soft, bro. I wanted yeah, to play a little, a little too nice. Went to UCLA with a bunch of ballers. They all play nice. No one hit there. That's why we never won games. <laughs> and I went away from doing that till I got to my senior year, and I was like, "What the hell have I been doing lately, dude?" And I went back to hitting, back to starting. It's just the way it worked. Yeah, I agree. Someone bro. has to hit to win. You bro. have to hit. Yeah. You have to hit. They're not hitting someone, everyone. Hitting, we mean playing with balls. Like, you know? hit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got to die for every ball, man. You got to uh, die for the ball. Every 50-50, I live the life on the field. That's the way I've always played. That's the way I've always seen any game. No doubt. I mean, you look at the, I think I saw the All or Nothing documentary of Tottenham when Mourinho was there. Mm -hmm. And he was brought up to change the program. And the first person that he brings into his office was Eric Deere. Mm -hmm. or dire and beast he wasn't playing in that he wasn't playing in that year or the year before and these other two center backs were playing and Mourinho brings him into the office like you're gonna be my starter every single game it's like why coach I haven't been playing I, I haven't been a starter because you're the only one on this team that actually hits and we need if, we're, if we need to change the culture we need to have some sort of intimidation factor when we play these other teams yeah, right? yeah. I and, agree and uh, I had kind of mentioned this like on our way here um my experience at UCLA was such a California experience, bro. It was. <laughs> I love how he says, bro. It was too. It was too pretty, man. It was all like, oh, we're better, you know. Like, you think that was the mentality of the team? Hundred percent. We were so damn talented, and every time we went on the field, it was like we're just gonna outsmart these other guys, and we got outworked every single game. That's, that's the thing that's about college. That's college, and you lose that. And then, I, like I said, you know, towards my junior senior year, when I was like sort of looking back at my college career, what went right, what went wrong, I started thinking about, like, my days in West Pines, my days in Kendall. Our teams would always get so excited when we had to play, like, an LA Galaxy, um, like a DC United. We'd be like, dude, these pretty boys are going to come, like, with their uniforms, and we're going to kick the shit out of them. Yeah. And we would always win those games. It's because of that. It's so naive to go into a game thinking, like, I'm just so much better than you that I'm not yeah. even gonna have to work as hard. Like you gotta kill yourself on the field. That 
and not, like that sort of mentality at UCLA was not there, and that's what was missing for us. I think that all started with the um, the 2008-2009 Barca team. 100%. That oh, everyone tries to play like that yeah, now, exactly. it sucks. All, all of a sudden, oh, okay. it was 2009-2010, and all these small, skinny kids, obviously Iniesta, Xavi, legends of the game, but nobody else can play like them. Yeah. So I remember... Um, <coughs> Actually, yeah, I have a different opinion on that. Um, er, yeah, so, so basically... I remember all these film sessions and like ID ID two national. They were always uh, put tapes of the Barcelona team. It's like sure you could try to imitate the <laughs> Barcelona team, the guys that have been playing for the past ten years in La Masia, or you could actually try to work with what you have, similar to how Real Madrid um, has had so much success in the past three four years. Mm -hmm. They have Casemiro, Casemiro, someone who hits, and yeah. they have Kroos who Ramos, can keep the ball. Modric defends, but they would never try to imitate some, like utopian football that only worked yeah. with a very select group of people. By, by the way, it's more of an ideal rather than a way of playing. It's, it's, I, I mean, if you, yeah, it's, it's a utopia. It's, it's the way the game I think, I think should be played, but yeah. there's something that people forget about that Barca team. Like Pep has been to Bayern. He's been at City. Hasn't had the success he had at Barca. Mm -mm, and there's true. one reason. And, and by the way, he's had the players. Oh, he's, he's had spent players. millions and millions of dollars. Messi yeah. bailed them out. All the time at Barca. That Barca was very center of Messi. I, I would agree because they would have possession eighty percent of eighty percent of the of the, of the game, and they wouldn't score until Messi bailed them out. Like Messi, you take three guys on, take, and you win the game. He hasn't yeah. had that at Bayern. He hasn't had that at City, and that's why he hasn't been that successful. I think. So I think that system is incredible, very like enjoyable mm -hmm. to watch, but you got to have someone that bails you out at some point. And, and Messi would go against the system. Right. Like, yeah. It's not part of the system to take three guys no, on. Yeah. No. And so coaches, I think coaches, especially in the U.S., take it a little bit too seriously. Mm -hmm. Like trying to play out of the bag, da, 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 and, and you yeah. lose games. We That happened to me at UCLA. Especially Same in college thing. where every game is uh, like live or die. Because if you lose one game, you might not make the tournament. You, you lose your conference. So every game... You have to go. You, you have, have to go. To. You have to play long, you ha which sucks as a player because you're just running, you're pressuring, you're heading the ball. You're not actually playing. But you'll listen to the coach of the other team or even your own coach. Like, smoke the ball into the channels, play and the diagonal, and win the second ball. Uh, whenever there's a corner, you have to defend your life off or that, attack that your Stanford. life off. That was Stanford but in college. You need a result yeah. because one game can change your whole season. But to be fair, like I, I kind of like that. I always see looking at it from a soccer perspective, no. But as a mentality perspective, I like that about college. Uh, but it's like no, go just, in and die. Just go in and die, bro. <laughs> like you know, you know what I mean. When when everything yeah, goes, I hated it because we were so much yeah. better than the other teams, and they would beat us. But it as, as an attacker, it your sucks. Team, yeah, it sucks. But as a freaking but dog, a like you are, <laughs> yeah, you would you would have hated playing our team. Yeah, I bet, dude. I no. like I get hyped when I see like my my five, mi cinco rompiendo y boom. Like a 50-50 when I watch one of my teammates. I used to not, and now I do. I love it. When I play with you, when we play small side <laughs> and you crack someone, I'm like, yes, like I want to I wanna play now. Yeah, I'm no, winning this. The, the worst part of that type of soccer is that when you have a bad team, which I had my freshman and sophomore year, we had a bunch of injuries. We weren't particularly winning, not even coming close, to say the least. Yeah. Um, when you're playing against a better team and it is this style and you're an attacker, yeah. you run 80 <laughs> minutes. You, all you do is pressure. No, no, maybe you'll fight a ball and a goal kick, but that you system don't. you have to win to enjoy it. It's not yeah. have to, win to enjoy it. <laughs> right? Because if you lose, you left everything you on the field geez. and you lost. You right? Know? Yeah, you're yeah, leaving yeah. it all on the, the field. You're, you're running, you're sliding, and it's what? Shot I, to I, I, maybe I touched the ball twice. <laughs> Facing the goal, yeah. maybe zero. Yeah, but nothing like touching the ball twice and scoring. Oh no! That's the. 
but now, but now that you brought in horror, like I, I kind of wanna, I want, I wanted to make the effort to talk about this, uh-huh. right? So going to Harvard, Harvard is one of those schools. It's probably the most known school in the world. Would you agree with me? Yeah. I think anywhere you go in the world, yep. in, in the U.S. System, number one school, in the number world. one school in the world, Harvard, right? So, I want you to talk to me about that. Were, were there any pressures from your family, from yourself, from society this about guy. going to Harvard? Oh, so now we're talking about the non-soccer stuff. We're talking about the non-soccer oh, stuff. Oh, the non-soccer stuff, you name it. The pressures are, <laughs> I think, probably... From where? I, I mean, just conversations that you have with people outside of the okay. school. Oh, like, what, what's up, Harvard? Like, yeah, you say yeah, yeah. one uh, sentence wrong, like, oh, you go to Harvard? Yeah. Oh, you're probably an athlete or this. Like, <coughs> Wear it. It's funny. I, I always wore it. I've seen people get affected by it. Um, so there's obviously the haters. Um, but what I've seen from being there, especially from students who aren't athletes, and obviously uh, they probably came from stricter households, they studied their whole life, um, demanding parents. A lot of those kids have a hard time because when you enter an environment like Harvard, automatically the the playing field is level, right? Because you come from being, uh, uh, being that guy or that girl in high school. You're the mm-hmm. valedictorian. And all of a sudden, you're in a, in a school where everyone is the same. Everybody r- either wrote a book or they started their own consulting mm. fund or they, yeah. they're they a nuclear scientist, nu- you name it. Not everybody reacts so well to that because as soon as you get a C on a test or someone is better than you and you take the ego hit and all of a sudden it's winter, it's cold, and you got your first C in your life, I've seen a lot of people crack for sure because it's something that they've never really um, been used to. I think we as athletes have dealt with a lot of failure, mm-hmm. but some of these A-list students who have never dealt with failure in their life get to an environment like Harvard where everybody is a bunch of Lionel Messi's. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you're kind of an average or even below average. It, it could it could really psych some people out for sure. So you think failure is, is, is important in like growing as, a, as a person? <coughs> and how so? I wanna, I, wanna list, I wanna hear from both of you guys. Um, once you fail enough, you realize that it's all about the long game. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting it right the first time at all. I don't think um, it's about getting it right at some point. <laughs> um, it's more rewarding, I think, when when you get it right at could some be, point could be. than the first time. It's pretty damn rewarding getting it right the first time, though. <laughs> yeah, but if you've always gotten it right the first time, you end yeah, up like, yeah, yeah. like the people um, in, but you know. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm very confident that I'll be fine because. I'm not worried about failing. Whereas, like like you said, there's some people. I, I have. A, I'm having a pretty similar experience at Duke. Um, it's a pretty top law school. Some brilliant people. The professors are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are cracking because they're just not used to. Like you said, they they've been the best for, for like their entire lives, and now they're in a in an, an environment where everyone's pretty much at the same level, mm-hmm. and you have to perform, and maybe you don't perform in the first time. And uh, you don't do well, and you crack. Um, I'm not worried at all. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, I could fail all I want. I know I'll be fine in the long run because it's it's all about it's a marathon. It's not a sprint at all. Like especially life. Like once you leave soccer, I, I the thing with soccer that was rough for me was the pressure that like at 22 you're old already. Yeah. So it's like you make it now or you don't make it. Um, now it's chilling, bro. I can make it at 40 if I have to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I won't, but. Um, it's, it's, it's a big pressure, uh, like a lot of pressure off your back, like to know that, you know, you you've, you've already done this. You've failed a million times. It's just another one. Keep moving forward. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, man. And you think you think athletics is what what gave you that mindset? Hundred percent. Would you say your your family has something to do with that as well? The values that you were brought up with, maybe. Of course. I mean, my family left everything in Venezuela, like probably like you guys as well, um, mm -hmm. to move over here. I've I've seen my my family fail as well and just keep moving forward so it's all about being humble like keeping your head down moving forward yeah so those are those have been the values that i grew up with um but yeah that's just that, yeah. that's that <laughs> yeah i think i think it's uh, i mean i agree with you 100 man i think it's at the end of the day it's a mentality right and if you have the right mentality and you keep on trying then eventually you're gonna i mean it falls for worse you're gonna learn yeah. And if you can adapt <coughs> to that learning, then eventually you'll succeed, I think. There's also that thing of knowing that you can hit a higher gear. Like mm -hmm. the competitive the comp the com natural competitiveness that you have as an athlete. Like if you chase a dream or a job the way you chase a ball on the field, <laughs> you're going to get it, trust me, dude. <laughs> Some people it's a little yeah. controversial, like I told you. <laughs> Some people might not like you, but you're going to get yeah. it. If you really want it, you'll get it. So yeah. you think you think having that uh, that killer mentality makes you lose some people on the way? Of course. Yeah, right. Oof. Maybe people that you want to lose. What? Maybe people, people that, that you, you want to lose. lose? Yeah. Or maybe right. people you don't. It's lonely at the top. It's lonely. <laughs> I mean, I think you always have to kind of find the. I read this book by uh, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. Yeah. Great book. You read that book? Great book. You guys both read it? Every part of it is. Yeah. So I I think uh, if I remember probably there's one point where he says to find more green lights sometimes you have to be able to find more red lights. And then once you kind of identify those red lights and get them out of your life, you'll be able to find more green lights. Hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was a very good quote because it does kind of resemble with having the right people in your life to then maybe find better opportunities down the line um, and to help you and as a person and not bring you down. Uh, another thing I want to touch on in with failure that I think um, people struggle with is that things happen for you, they don't happen to you. I think having that mentality for me has always um, helped me. And looking back on times where I did fail, I always seem to realize that's what I needed at that time. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. without that failure, I wouldn't be where I am today. For example, um, I think it was my junior year of high school. We were playing U.S. versus France in Montaigu, France. It mm -hmm. was the final of a tournament we had just eliminated England, Brazil, Foden was playing in that tournament, Sancho was playing, wow. Vinicius was playing. And in that final game, it was 2-2, and I was playing, it was the second half, I dribbled two guys down the line, I crossed it with my left, and I think it was Andrew Carlton at the time. He uh, headed the ball down in front of the line. He should have scored it. Keeper makes a save of his life, it hits like both posts and it goes <laughs> out or something. And at the time, I was like, like shit, you know, like that would have been the game-winning assist, 3-2 against France, I probably would have gotten four or five agents the next day. But what, I, what I've come to realize is if that would have gone in, maybe I would have never gone to Harvard. Maybe it would have been a different path. Maybe I would have signed for some team in France. It could have gotten injured. Uh, you name it. But the point is, whenever something goes wrong, there's probably something good that can come out of it. And for me, it changed my life. And I'm so grateful that that didn't go in. Because I, I, I'm so happy with the path that I took. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I, I, th I think having the, I 100% agree with that, by the way. But I think having the mindset of seeing opportunity is, is key. Because what that said to me was you see opportunity when, whenever something doesn't go the way that you think it should have went. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, and I know from, like, I'm known pe I know people like this, right? 
uh, maybe they're older or, or for whatever it is, they see the same situation happen and, and they let their, their lives go, you know what I mean? Instead of instead of seeing any opportunity when one door closes, the other one opens, when yeah. that door closes, it just closed, you know? And they stay like that for, for the rest of, of their lives. You gotta be able to bounce back fast. Next always. play mentality, always. Next play mentality. Always, always, always man. Me go, who who stole my cheese? You guys read that book? Yeah. Who stole my cheese? The classic. It's like you could either sh sit back and be like, damn, somebody stole my cheese. Or even go freaking find more cheese. <laughs> That's it. It's life. And things move fast. You got to yeah. adapt and move. You can't beat yourself up and, and, and be your own worst enemy. You just you got to be yeah. a little self-cheerleader, you know? And you got to have speed. I always tell, I tell my girlfriend, speed and, and next. Whenever something goes for shout next. Out, shout out. Yeah, shout out. She's, she's been there, right? <laughs> um, but I always say, man, like next. You know, if something happens. Boom, 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 we dealt with it. Yeah, sure. Some emotional backlash or whatever. <laughs> sure. Whatever we'll that means. Whatever. <laughs> next, bro. Like, next. Switch and and I feel like that's something that the last generation uh, had that they're so much better than we are at. You know, before yeah. there was no social media. Now everybody cares so much about what people think about them. Or they don't want to fail because everybody's going to know they failed. Or they're going to look at their Instagram. Or, and, yeah. And they're not at the same status that they were before. Whereas before, no one was looking. So if you failed... They, they got on to the next, you know, go find a new job, go find a new girlfriend, go uh, move if you have to move. Now everyone is so in a bubble and, and they're scared to fail because of what it means socially. It's like, dude. I love it. Right? Makes it easier for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> makes it easier for people like, who are just chill. Fail. It makes right. it easier for people who are, who are willing moving, to fail. Bro, right. And keep moving, man. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, even starting this podcast, I was like, yo, I want to start a podcast. I want to wanna talk to athletes. I want to get, this is the reason right here why I started this podcast. Like, these conversations mm. and getting in the mind of, of, of my friends. I mean, you guys are one of my best I mean, this friends. Is all, this is kind of what we talk about behind the scenes. Always we talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I saw this and I'm like, we have to get this on camera, man. Like, I, I yeah. love having this conversation. Like, if I was a viewer, I, I'd be listening to this type of conversations. You know? Shout out viewers. We Shout out viewers. Shout out viewers. The athlete conversation. Meluto Verde, by the best, way. Best yeah. podcast in, in the U.S. <laughs> for athletes, eh? For athletes. For athletes. Um, <laughs> but, dude, this is... This is not, not for civilians? Nah, no, we can... You guys can learn from us as well, like her. We have the shortest... Uh, you non-athletes can learn yeah, from us. Sita had a question earlier, and you, and you never asked it. You got... Okay. I've heard some some legendary stories about you puking. Jeez. And you're talking about like. About what? <laughs> All right. Like, like, kicking, <laughs> or like hitting. Uh huh. Like hitting. I was gonna say, do you guys have like any memorable stories or like favorite moments from? Oh. If she's asking, I don't know if she, if the microphone can get it. If if we have any memorable stories of of Kike Boleo kicking. Oh no, I was or gonna Nico, say. Or Nico or, or Nico. or myself have a couple. Wait, kicking, uh, like, like putting. Pollen. Or, or putting, you know, whoa, whoa, going hard, you know, fighting for each other. I have a couple, honestly. I can go, go first. Ahead, if you go want. ahead. I, I was gonna, I was gonna give a my my welcome to the league moment at UCLA when I got hit. But go. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to hear that one too. <laughs> but have one that involves both of us. We were uh, we were playing small sided. <laughs> we were playing small sided once upon a time. Actually, we have have one that involves all of us. But I'm gonna say the one with with Beluto. We were playing small sided once upon a time. And and the the game got it got heated right it got heated it was a, I think it was a final of something that we were playing and and it got heated Jesus. going hard we're just hitting each other 50 50 one of those, one of those games right the ref wasn't calling anything and this one play this guy falls me from the back because I was playing I was playing up top he falls me from the back I fall and when I'm in the ground he kicks my face right so he like like a little he kicks my face 
and I always say, oh, I kind of lost a little bit, so I grabbed them, <laughs> and, I, and I, I see their, their teammates, like, all, like, getting together, and then I, in the center of my eye, I see the mi numero 10, my number 10, sprinting yeah. across <laughs> the field, yeah, and I, he ended up stopping the situation, but those things, dude, like, when you when something happens to you, and you, like, you turn, and, and you have someone, like, one of your teammates oh, just running to give everything, you know, back to back you, <coughs> you up, have bro. To, bro. I love that, man. This is that's why. And I play, and, and the opposite effect is also true. When you do get hit and nobody and has no, your back, it's geez, equally as, as damaging. It's like, oh yeah. Man, I, I take notes for that, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like, bro. It's right. like my brother. No matter what it is, you might be no wrong, you might be right. And you might get your ass kicked too, but you, you have to get your ass kicked <laughs> you with your brother. Have to, yeah, you have to, bro. <laughs> Gotta die together. Because if, if you don't show up and he does get his ass kicked, you that's it. It's yeah. a stain that'll be in your friendship forever. Uh, forever, bro. I, I agree with that. I always I always keep an eye out to see who's bagging me up on the You know, especially in the in those moments <laughs> but tell us tell us your story dude so i feel like was, this is a funny story freshman year my freshman year of um college at ucla mm-hmm. i um when I, I you know at first you get there and it's like it's different speed different level it takes you a little, it took me a little while to like get going but yeah, like different fitness different fitness yeah 100 percent. but maybe like three weeks into the preseason i, f- I was finally like all right like Time to time to time to start playing. Yeah, and I started balling, like balling. And we had a our right back was a senior. Still hate you, by the way. And I started cooking him. I was playing auto on the left. <laughs> Low key, I feel that though. There's always that one guy or that Bro, one two guys like you. Fuck you. Started <laughs> cooking him, like cooking him. Can we curse, by the way? Yeah, I think I think we're allowed to. Yeah, I mean, fuck to you. Per- Dude, I started. I, I I was playing out of my mind. Like I have to be honest. We were playing a scrimmage, and he got subbed out of the start. I was on the I was on like the bench team. He got subbed out of the bench of the starting team because mm-hmm. I was just destroying him. <laughs> and they put in they put in another right back, kind of cooked him to. They put him back in, and I, I get a ball. Uh, we played like a short corner, and I stopped the ball and I'm waiting for him to come at me and he just sprinted at me, lowered his shoulder, broke my collarbone, Oof. done for the season. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, so that was yeah, my like welcome to the kid. league moment of like, listen, like this is people's livelihoods you're playing with. Um, soccer for me was like an experience. Like yeah. I just played it because I enjoyed it. These like this guy had like a contract lined up. I was gonna, I was gonna fuck up his life if I sat him that that year. Um, and so that wow. was my welcome to the league moment at UCLA. How long were you out for? I was out for like four weeks and struggling oh. to get back into the starting lineup as a freshman. Shit. No, I mean, you get an injury in college. It's the worst. Basically, yeah, that's it's it. basically you're out for the season. season. done. Yeah. yeah. I happened yeah. in my sophomore year. I injured my ankle. And it was supposed to be like a four-week injury. And in poor treatment, you name it, yeah. out for the season. But yeah. And I, I still have problems But you still played enough ankle. games not to redshirt. That happened to me one year. Uh No, I, no, I think I, I could have redshirted, actually. <laughs> I played one more game not to redshirt. Yo, uh, bro. <laughs> You were cursed with... With injuries? With injuries, no? Yeah, I just didn't know how to take care of my body, though, to be honest. At the same time, I will say... Yeah, you come, out of, yeah you come out of high school it's and different. It's, it's different. It's but different. when you do get injured and um, you can't play for the rest of the season, this is not advised. This is not advice, but the season does get a lot more chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the stress oh. goes down, the pressure goes down. The now jokes, I, now, I, would, now I, I would crack on the, the bench. Yeah, the Sheesh. jokes go up. Yeah, no. Yeah. You know, it's pros and cons, but... I have some, I have some great memories. I'm not even gonna say them. I'm not even gonna tell them on camera. But I have some great memories. Tell me too much. when I got injured, bro. <laughs> when you're, in the, I mean, but uh, I, 
and and I, we have to end soon. You learn. But, uh, athletes are humans too. Yeah, and and dude, that's part of the experience, bro. The the relationships that you build with your teammates, like that's actually like that's what I'm gonna hold. Like that's what I'm thinking about, and that makes me play harder on the field, and that makes my teammate play harder on the field as well, right? And 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 to to make a final point, um, I think it's for for those who are looking to come into the US, right? For the most part, they're nervous super nervous if you're moving you're moving from argentina from spain from france from whenever and you're leaving your family there you're coming to a, a, an environment that you don't know you're super nervous but the truth is that all what, what we've been talking about here um we can talk about this because we took that chance of of playing college sports of of having this mindset and even if you don't play in college you'll still be best friends with your teammates you'll still be laughing on the bench you'll still be training hard you'll still be learning and and I think that's very important. You're gonna be experiencing things that will shape you as as a, as a man, as a woman, or as a whatever, for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel like it's, that's a key a key component, and that's something that I think it's the most important part about playing college athletics. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I agree. To add to that, I would say like anyone that's looking to go to play college sports, um, is to like not lose yourself in the system of college mm -hmm. of college soccer. Um, most teams play kickball and just run their ass off and like you lose your personality. I think you gotta, you always gotta keep your identity and like don't, like even if you're a freshman, just keep doing, like you got recruited there for a reason. Don't change the way you play. Um, I know I did and I regretted it 100%. Um, you have to like keep doing what you've been doing your whole life and just find a way to fit into the team but not like adapt to the team and, yeah. and then find a way to find yourself. So stay true to yourself, you would say. 100%. And, and also I think don't, um only rely on soccer to be like your source of happiness oh yeah mm -hmm. because i think a lot of uh european players that come to the u.s get let down by the system by the style by the coach you name it and because soccer is so tied to their identity um they've, they've always loved soccer their whole life it's what gives them joy when you're not having a good time in your environment you're not playing you're injured you need to have some sort of other interests and of course, college is the best place to find those interests. You can study whatever you want. You can join different clubs. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of people um, have huge, uh, like low periods of their lives because what was usually their only source of life or the main part of their identity is mm -hmm. failing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's super important to definitely squeeze more juice out of college than just soccer. Yeah. 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 And as we said, when one door closes, the other one oh, opens, right? Yeah. So always be looking for the opportunity. Guys, thank you very much for coming. I think that was, that was a great conversation, man. Yes, sir. Dude, it, 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 it flew by. <laughs> flew by. I, I, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>